If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. And listeners, today we have got another Lexi and Dolph episode where we are going to be talking about onboarding and the best ways to onboard your new team members, or as some folks now like to think about it, your new talent. Before Lexi and I have that conversation, I first need to make sure you know about two things. Number one, next month, we will have a webinar on strategic planning. It is everything you wanted to know about strategic planning but have been afraid to ask. Everything from what's my board's role? What's my role as the executive director? Are there other staff members who are involved? What's the process look like? How much should all of this cost? If you're curious about any of those, go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com and register for our webinar. I also need to let you know that registration for our book club has launched. So you can join about a dozen other nonprofit executive directors. And together, we will read some incredible books, things like Radical Candor, Discipline Without Punishment, The CEO Next Door, and even Grassroots Fundraising. And in a lot of cases, we are going to have the authors join us when we discuss those books. Now, it is structured in such a manageable way. We're going to read one book a month. You will get those books delivered to your office or your home. And in whatever format it is you like them, whether that's Audible, if the book's book's available on Audible, or in print. So it is structured in an easy format so that over the course of a year, you'll read about 10 books that will make you an even better executive director. And now, listeners... Let's jump into this incredible conversation on onboarding. You may remember that last year we had an episode where Lexi and I talked about the recruitment process and we talked very specifically about 
the recruitment process that we use to identify Lexi and bring her on as talent with successful nonprofits. And what we did not have time to talk about was the onboarding process. And we have a fairly intentional and unique but effective onboarding process here at Successful Nonprofits. So Lexi, thanks so much for coming on to have this conversation with me and our listeners. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So gosh, it feels so long ago now. It was, it was about two years ago. You know, So about two years ago, you had just been hired at Successful Nonprofits and we were talking about onboarding. And what were some of your initial concerns as you were coming on to the organization around onboarding? So as of the release of this episode, I think it will be almost exactly two years. And two years ago, the country shut down. And so I actually started with successful nonprofits the day the entire country went into quarantine. And so that was very stressful. How am I going to onboard into a new position with a new company when I can't meet face-to-face and everything was just hectic and crazy? That was my big concern really was, was, was COVID and, and having to be 100% virtual. Yeah, because I, I know um, this has probably been the first time that I worked with someone for as long as I've ended up working with you. And, you know, I don't think we actually met in person for about a year. Mm-hmm. That's true. And even then, we didn't have the opportunity to really talk to each other. So it was a couple more months before we actually sat down face to face for a in-person staff meeting. And listeners, just so you know, the reason we do not have the opportunity to talk to each other is Successful Nonprofit sponsored one of our clients' events, which uh, was a drive-in movie fundraising event. And so uh, Lexi came to that, we came to that, we parked spaces and spaces apart, and we met in the dark parking lot and said, oh my gosh, hi. Lexi obviously realized that I was shorter than I look on Zoom. (laughs) I think you'd warned me. I think I did too. Listeners, if you've only seen me on Zoom or seen pictures of me, um, I'm a very, very short person. You can't tell though from Zoom and your personality. Right. On Zoom, everybody's tall. So I, I, it's interesting because I kind of had some similar concerns. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're not going to be able to actually meet in person and walk through anything. Like I'm not going to be able to actually sit down and with you and show you like literally on the computer, okay, here's how we do this. And you watch and now, and now you do it and now I'll watch you. So we had to structure things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And you did training videos for me. A lot of training videos. You spent a lot of time on training videos, Dolph. But those were so helpful because you you talked to me through the whole video. So even though we weren't face-to-face, I felt like I was getting to know who you were. I could hear your thought process. And one of the neat things about the videos too is that I was watching you have common technology problems that I was going to face. So you were able to even walk me through fixing problems that I certainly was going to hit. And then uh, the other great thing about the video was that it wasn't one and done. I went back and looked at those videos for weeks and and fast forward and rewind it to the exact spot that I needed. And so it was very useful and very effective. And I'll share with you part of what I loved about the training videos is as the manager, I could do those videos when it fit my schedule. And so, you know, if I was in a hotel room, because I was traveling for work. Because bizarrely enough, I actually did not get shut down till like April. So I was still having to travel through about April. So, you know, if I was at a hotel room and, you know, traveling for work, I could say, okay, I'm going to create this video to show Lexi how to 
um, I don't know, how to prepare a podcast episode. And so I could sit down and do it at eight o'clock my time, which, you know, then if you did not happen to be available at that same time, not a big deal. I would just upload it and you'd be able to watch the video and then we could talk about it and see what other questions you had. That's really true. And you did spend a lot of time meeting me one-on-one the first few weeks, but because of the flexibility of our schedule, ongoing client projects that you already had, it was really tough to find time when the two of us were both free for more than five minutes to sit down and have a conversation. And I really appreciated that at no point in my work week that I just stop and sit there and wait for you. Like I had those videos, I had all the materials that I needed to move forward without your attention in that moment. And admittedly, that's one of the things that I think is so critical to onboarding is making sure that you know, your new your new talent, your new team member is not coming in and literally just kind of sitting at a desk or being handed a manual and said, okay, read this manual all day. Like people want to gore their eyes out when they're just told, okay, here's a manual, read it all day. This is all you're going to do today. And then when you're done, well, you know, we're paying you for eight hours. So sit here and twiddle your thumbs. Yeah. And, you know, when you're first starting a new job, those first few days feel unproductive if you're just looking at a manual. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I sat down on my first day and was like, oh, look at me doing my job today. I did it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that because that's one of the other things I think is so important is to like give people early wins. And I know you've thought of them as stepping stones, I think, because at least that's what you've mentioned to me. Yeah, you had really clear stepping stones. Like You are going to learn this task this week and when you've accomplished it, I have this next stepping stone, this next task. And so, I, and I didn't really realize it at the time, it was looking back on this later, you did not shove everything at me in, on day one or week one. You really had a clear plan so that I was, I was never overloaded. And one of the things that I really appreciated about you, Dolph, and um, have not experienced other places is that you would ask before we moved on to the next task, the next stepping stone. And you would say, okay, I think you're doing great with this. Are you ready for the next level? And I think there was one time, again, it's COVID. So I started working and didn't have childcare like I was planning. And at the time had a, a like a 15 month old and a four-year-old at home. And so at one point I was just like, nope, I do not have the capacity to learn anything new or spend more time on this. I just can't do it. And, and I'm going to admit, I was a little nervous, you know, as a new employee to tell my boss, no, and you were fine with it. You were like, okay, you let me know when you're ready. So we really could move at my pace, but still move very intentionally in the right direction. And, and I'll say, I think it's critical that we moved at your pace at that point in time, because had I had I forced the issue and I said, you know, no, I, I think you're ready and that's what's most important. And you moved on to the next stepping stone. You might not have become the expert that you did become on that stepping stone. Like you might have said, OK, this is good enough. And and that's one of the things that I've really valued, frankly, Lexi, about you and and also been kind of in awe at is that. You learned a new job, as, as you just said, while having, you know, a 15-month-old and a four-year-old at home. Like, that is that is no easy task. They, you know, they, they are significant demanders of your attention when they're home. And they especially were. My, my 15-month-old at that time was, I still don't have words for what that was, dealing with all of that. Um, so, yeah, it was very important. It was a big transition, shifting to being home, my husband being home being on lockdown, being away from friends and family, 
starting a new job. Those are all really big changes. And my mental health was at stake. And I appreciated you being aware of that. (laughs) Oh, you know, I I have to take a moment just as a quick aside. There, There have been a lot of bad things that COVID has resulted in. But one of the good ones, I think, is a dramatic changing of expectations. And specifically where I'm going with this, and this is not about onboarding listeners, but again, I I just kind of have to reflect on this. For me, it's been so incredible that like Lexi and I might be in a meeting with uh, with clients. And there's one in particular that I'm thinking about and the, their executive director listens to the podcast. So she's going to know that she's going to know that we're talking about our organization. And they have board members all the way from Lebanon to the San Francisco Bay Area. And it does not happen often, but every now and then, Lexi's youngest daughter, who I think now is about four, th- three, okay, in the middle of a meeting will come and sit on her lap and take one of the earbuds out of her mom's ear and put it in her ear and tell us all hello and wave. And what I love about this is no one no one on the call, and you know th- these are, for the most part, these board members are serious business people. No one on the call is like, this is a waste of our time. Get that kid off. Everybody, we just stop for a couple seconds and wave back. <laughs> And it's just for me, it's this moment of being like, yeah, we can we can all be human. We can all just be who we are and that's okay. Yeah. Zoom and the, the pandemic have really I mean it's like a little little window into everybody's lives and everybody's working from home. So you're seeing what's going on in their home. And I think that's the same group where we had a new baby born during our our project. And so that new baby was with us for a couple meetings and other kids pop in and out and through meetings. And it is nice. And it's a, you get to know people a little bit differently in that setting too. Yeah, you absolutely do. Now, if we can jump back to the the stepping stones, sorry, I, listeners, I apologize for that, for that little path off of the stepping stones, but I just, I had to reflect on that for a second. If we can jump back to that, it was, I think about that from the from the manager's perspective, I think part of what's really important is having this sense of what your curriculum is when you onboard someone. So what those things are that you want the person to learn in their first week, in their first month, their first three months, et cetera. So, so that you then can create these stepping stones that lead to the place you want the person to go, as opposed to, here's a bunch of manuals, hey, go shadow this other person, we hope you can figure out your job, which those might be stepping stones that lead you to the middle of the lake, and now you're in the middle of the lake, and if you can't swim to the other side, you never get to the other side. Yeah, I didn't realize how well-planned my orientation was really until a few months in and looking back on it. But there was that that very clear plan and you had very clear goals for me. But you hand, you held my hand through it, so I didn't even notice. Well, and it's interesting because like I know we talked about those goals um, really even before you started, but then also in your first week, you know, where I was like, okay, you know, here are the things that I'm really hoping you're going to learn this week. And, you know, within your first six months, I, and I remember we talked about this, like within your first six months, it's my expectation that you're going to be able to do the following things and you'll be able to do them independently with a lot of autonomy. And ultimately, you become the owner. And if you want to change the way you do it at that point, great. Go and change the way you do it. Yeah. Another little bit off topic. I, th- I think what helped with a lot of that, too, is you and I identify priorities. So that also helps me function autonomously because I know where I need to be spending my time. And that was a very helpful conversation in terms of moving me toward being able to function on my own and make well-informed decisions. 
And, you know, it's interesting. In, in running my own business, I will admit I have, and you're aware of this, Lexi, I have shiny object syndrome. Um, and you're, you're aware of that. So I'll come in with a good idea. And one of the things I really value is, then you remind me of what our priorities are. <laughs> like, okay, you're right. You're right. It doesn't fit that high in our priorities. Maybe, maybe neither you nor I should spend a lot of time on that shiny object. I do. I printed them out after we had that conversation and I keep them in my bulletin board in front of my desk so that I don't forget. Because so often we have really strong, productive conversations, but if you don't write it down and put it somewhere obvious, you forget about it for a year or two or more. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, and listeners, Lexi and I may have talked about our priorities before, but I, I think it's worth us kind of sharing real quick, because it might be surprising that providing great service to our clients, while it's very important, is not our top priority. I, I think our top priority is legal and tax compliance, believe it or not, because you know what? If we're not compliant with the laws that we operate under and we don't follow on the tax code, we're not going to be in business in a year and a half or two years. And then I think the second one, and I'm doing these from memory, Lexi, and I know they're right up there on your desk, but I think the second one is supporting each other. So, you know, so once again, like providing great service to our clients while we want to do that, that's still not our top priority. Our priority is to be there for each other. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is taking a vacation. So we, we do, we really focus on the health of the company, the health of ourselves, because without those two things, we cannot provide quality service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then I think number four is probably the providing providing great services for our clients. It is, but, but it's interesting. It, for me, it is very much that secure secure your own oxygen mask before you help others. And so, you know, the oxygen mask is tax and legal compliance. And you know, and then and then we help the the each other right next to ourselves. Okay, Lexi, do you have your oxygen mask on? Dolph, do you have your oxygen mask on? Then once that's done, we can walk around the plane and help other people get their oxygen masks on. Yeah, that's right. So it's interesting though. Also, as I, as I think about onboarding, you know, we don't have a lot of policies and like written policies at Successful Nonprofits Listeners. Honestly, we really don't. But I think we also um, walked through the policies pretty pretty carefully and diligently. Yes. Yes, we did. And, and yeah, we only have a couple, but we did take time. I remember sitting down and taking time to to read them and go through any questions. Yeah. And, and, and if I recall correctly, I think we actually had, like you and I had one-on-one -on -one conversations about each of the policies. And so, you know, listeners, like, you know, we, we have a PTO policy. Uh, we, we actually match employee contributions to eligible nonprofits. We do have a, an unusual matrix for what we will and won't match, but we do match employee contributions. So I think like we walked through that policy and made sure you understood it. But let's talk about that for a minute. Like, is that normally something you've seen done when you've been onboarded elsewhere? No. What I remember is being handed a large binder and saying, read through this and then initial the last page and not really knowing fully what was in there because um, there were so many policies. And going back to what you said, like, you just want to gouge your eyes out when you're handed a binder and told to read it. So you just kind of initial and move on, right? And, you know, and I'll share with you, and I've, I, I, I did this as an employee, and I've been guilty of this in the past as a manager, where it's not even read this and initial the last page. I've been guilty of saying initial the last page because you received it and you're going to read it and then just file that because it's more efficient. But, but then I don't know whether or not the person ever actually read the policies and procedures, and I don't know if they understand the policies and procedures. Yeah, and especially if there's a lot to go through and a lot to remember. 
um, just reading it, not having a conversation about it probably really doesn't help it stick. And, right, and, right. and that's something else too, that I appreciate. As you said, really, I think those are our two policies. I don't think we have any other major policies. We, we do have an EEO policy, oh, yes. an equal employment mm-hmm. opportunity policy that, that we're, we're pretty open and public about. Well, that's true. Sorry, I, I did. I did have to say that, listeners. We do have. We're a small practice, but we do have an EEO policy. I don't even think of that as a policy. That's just that's just our values and how we live. It's on everything. I, I think it's I even in our podcasting <laughs> um, advertisements and uh, when we talk to prospective guests, we even go over that with them. So yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that as a policy. <laughs> Sorry. Again, like, because I, 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 I admittedly, like, if I was a listener, I'd be alarmed if we didn't. And that's why I was like, I have to, I just have to make sure people know that we have that as well. But I also agree with you. Like, it's just, it's kind of our DNA mm-hmm. at successful nonprofits. So, so it's almost, um, I mean, obviously we have it, it's in writing, but it, but it's just our DNA. Right. So I, I know one of the other things that, that you and I have talked about was also kind of the importance of us getting to know each other like as individuals, not not as supervisee, direct report, but kind of getting to know each other as individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I, we mentioned those first few weeks, you and I talked a lot. Um, but even after those first few weeks, you and I have at least once a week, a pretty hefty meeting. They sometimes can go a couple hours. And sometimes half of that is spent chit-chatting and catching up on what's going on in life. And I really appreciate that. You know, it, it just makes me think of those doctors. You know, my least favorite doctors are the ones that come in and are just slowly inching toward the door the whole time you're in the in the consultation room with them, as opposed to the doctors that will really sit there and and listen and you know, sit in a chair and have a conversation with you. And I feel that so often with you, like we we don't often rush through a meeting and skip out on the personal stuff. And and I think that's so important especially given that we are virtual. We don't have the opportunity to just walk by each other's desks and say hi or you know, things like that. Like That is our one shot to get to know each other in a pandemic. Yeah, and it's interesting because like I know, and again, gosh, we've worked together almost two years now, but um, I think this was the first time this past holiday season was the first time that our husbands had met each other. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I felt like I already knew Travis. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've seen him so much and we've talked about him so much. And listeners, uh, Lexi's husband's name is Travis. I, so, I, so I felt like I already knew Travis. Like literally, um, it was just so weird, like sitting there in person, talking to him for quote unquote for the first time. And I was like, I think I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, I feel like I know Frank and uh, even my kids feel like they know you. They get very excited. Um, and want to come talk to Mr. Dolph. And I have to say, um, one of the one of the stories you told me early on in your first year, it was toward the end of your first year, it was so adorable that um, one of your kids, I think it might have been your youngest, would put on your headset and say, "I'm gonna, I'm playing work. I'm gonna call Mr. Dolph." She does do that. I ended up making her her own little computer out of cardboard, and she still sits on that. Still, what is that? Like a good year later calling Mr. Doff on that cardboard computer. That's mm-hmm. so adorable. That, that That's just absolutely adorable. For me, I think, Lexi, one of the key takeaways for me, and this is where I've really had to change as, you know, frankly, a manager, but also you know, as a human being, is understanding that the time that it takes for you and I to have personal conversations or the time that it takes to make sure that you get onboarded and oriented well will feel less productive. 
but it's the most important thing I can do in terms of long-term productivity. And and what I what I'm specifically going with that is, you know, as an example, you know, if I am in a hotel room at seven o'clock at night putting together a 30-minute training video, that's probably time that I would normally go through and do my daily check of email and go, okay, you know, have I responded to all my email before I shut off for the day? And then maybe I don't actually get to all my email because I was doing this training video because that's the other thing. I do try to have a hard stop at the end of my day. And so I decide what it's going to be at the beginning. And if it's 730 or it's eight or whatever, that's when the day stops. But so I also get that it feels less productive. And for me, it's been important to try to manage that anxiety or angst that I feel like, oh my gosh, we're not getting as much done. You know, the podcast is not happening as quickly or, you know, we're not turning documents around for clients fast enough and just kind of give give myself permission to say, okay, this is going to be a slower period. But long term, it's in all of our best interest for this just to be a slower period. I think that's true. And goes back to being okay with having longer meetings so you can have one-on-one conversations. And just really putting in the time in the beginning, it snowballs, right? And so later you have somebody who can function more independently, who feels more comfortable with you, you can have more direct conversations. People like that immediate gratification, but a good onboarding, it it just takes a while, but it pays off in dividends. Absolutely. Now, there was one thing that I did not do as well as I could have on your onboarding. And, and for me, it was kind of, because you and I talked about it after the onboarding had been completed. And I've taken it as one of my takeaways as something that I need to work on um, the next time I'm onboarding someone. But can can we talk about that one thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so what we're talking about, and I'm struggling to get the words out, would be having the outgoing employee, if it's an option, prepare uh, like an onboarding manual, you've referred to it before as like a playbook or a guidebook, Dolph. Um, And if the outgoing employee cannot do that for whatever reason, then the manager trying to put something together so that that incoming employee has a stronger foundation to start from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you, I I had never had that before. I'd never worked someplace where that was even attempted. And so the fact that you even attempted it was mind blowing to me. Like, what a great idea. Why doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> uh, so should we start with what we did do and what worked well? Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I really appreciated the, you know, I you shared with me, again, those like training videos and all the passwords and, and really had all the materials ready for me. Um, I think you even made me a checklist. Of, of everything that needed to get done. And, and so if we talk about the podcast for a moment, there was like, you know, like a pre-recording and a pre-posting and a post-posting and um, a checklist of every task that needed to get done just to get one episode, on, you know, live. And, and that was just incredibly, incredibly helpful. And I want to back up for a moment because I mentioned passwords. So helpful, so important. You can't get into your new computer if you don't have the password. You can't log into any of the, you know, the, the websites or databases if you don't have the password. So having all of that ready too is enormously helpful. And, and again, rather than spending days just trying to turn your computer on, like I was able to just get started, which was really nice. I know one of the things you had mentioned that I could have done better was either to have the outgoing person or myself clean out the the email inbox. Yes. Because literally, since you were taking on a new position, I literally 
just had the email inbox transferred over to you. Now it was it was the email address was your name, but you know, but literally the inbox just transferred over to you. And what that meant was you also inherited two plus years of subscriptions to all kinds of weird things. I think like you were getting word of the day, you told I me or did. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, but so so you ended up inheriting a cluttered inbox that was more of a distraction than a help. I did spend a lot of time cleaning out the inbox and, and different people have different management systems. I'm a zero inbox person. So that to me was very overwhelming. Um, and I spent a lot of time time unsubscribing from a lot of different newsletters and yeah, word of the day and things like that um, in the beginning. And then just even cleaning out the inbox and organizing it. And it's hard as the incoming person, you don't know what you're going to need. So you don't really feel right deleting things. And then that means you're carrying that weight around for forever too, because it when are you probably going to have time again to go back and actually delete that stuff? And, and same thing with files, the computer files. And, and again, everybody has different ways of organizing their files, but I did spend a lot of time trying to figure out what was actually useful and what wasn't. And, and one of the things too, I noticed um, the person before me left some personal files, which made me feel pretty uncomfortable and trying to be respectful, not knowing what I was going to see when I opened a file and then deleting those was, that took a lot of time too. And and so you're right. I am a checklist person. And one of the things that we should probably create and everyone should probably have is like a checklist for outgoing employees, not not just have you turned in your keys and your security badge, et cetera, but, you know, but have you, have you cleaned up your inbox? Have you, you know, removed any personal files from your computer? You know, have you unsubscribed to every single subscription that you've, that you've got and in coming into your inbox daily or weekly or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think some other things that would be helpful depending on the position would be a calendar. So for example, um, you and I have talked about the importance of having this information gathered, not just in case somebody else comes on or we have a new hire, but even what happens if I get sick and you have to start managing my tasks for a couple of weeks. So I do keep a calendar for all of our social media and the podcasts and the blogs and another one for all of our client work. Um, so having a, having a calendar would be very helpful. And another thing that I thought about, which, which hasn't hasn't been so important in this position, but would have been really helpful in some of my other positions would be um, a list of key partners, but also any folks that should be avoided. I, I did have uh, an experience when I was working in a very community facing position where I got myself into a very challenging place, all because nobody told me that the organization had a policy of not working with a very difficult individual who I found out was difficult when I got thrown under the bus publicly. And that all could have been avoided if they had just told me who I should and should not be working with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, what I might try to do, maybe I might try to take a stab at creating like a checklist for outgoing employees. That's more than just have you turned your keys in and your badge and, you know, have you, you know, given us your parking pass. So I, I might take a quick stab at that and maybe ask you to look at it as well. And then we can include it in the show notes uh, for this episode. Okay. That sounds good. Awesome. Well, Lexi, you know, again, I, Listeners, I say this to Lexi all the time. I am so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to work with you, Lexi. Um, you're incredible. 
and you bring such passion and professionalism to everything you do. So I just, I always feel grateful and I always feel grateful that um, by some weird stroke of luck, you decided to apply for the position and the recruitment process brought you in and the onboarding process got you ready to really, for us to work together. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being willing to share this with our listeners. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure. And thank you, Dolph. I am even... I think just this morning, Travis and I were reflecting on how fortunate I have been and how fortunate as a result, my family has been to find you and to find successful nonprofits and to be where we are today. Well, thank you. I'll share with you. And I was talking to someone else about this, actually one of one of our contractors. And the person sent me an email about something and um, had sort of expressed that the contractor really liked the way um, the way I engaged with them. And And I said to them, you know, this this probably does not make me a good business person, but I'm a, I'm a person first and then I'm a business person fourth. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things between me trying to be a good human being and me trying to be a good business person. I think they're all connected. I hope they are. I certainly hope they are. Well, Lexi, th- thank you again. And listeners, if you found this useful, if you think that maybe there's some managers in your organization or some other folks who might benefit from this conversation about onboarding and orientation, please let them know about this episode. Just open up your phone and forward this episode to them. Also, do not forget that you can go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com to get our show notes from today, which if I'm able to pull it together, we'll have a checklist on there for some things you need to do to offboard your outgoing employees that will help you with onboarding your new employee. We'll also, at Successful Nonprofits, you can register for our webinar, which is coming up in April, as well as our book club, which is exclusively for executive directors and will be launching in May. That, listeners, is our show for the day. I hope that you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And you know, don't forget, I'm not, and neither is Lexi, neither of us are accountants, nor lawyers, nor doctors. And nothing in this show is designed to be used as legal or accounting advice. Really, if if that's what you need, please please, please find a licensed, qualified professional in your area and engage them to give you the advice you need.